Hello, and welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And we're joined by special guest... Greg Tango, little brother of Mango. Um, and today we're going to talk a little bit about Bright and the Shape of Water. But before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast. On this podcast, we like to talk about games and also sometimes movies. Uh, we're going to be covering two movies today because they both came out and we don't want to fill this whole podcast thread with us talking about... Uh, movies. I have one question, Greg, before we begin. In the same way that I know your brother as Mango, do you colloquially go by Grango? Oh, man. I think we touched on this last time I was on the podcast. But, Did I? Uh, okay. Well, it might have it slightly came up, or it might have referred myself as Grango, because Michael's friends call me, Mango's friends call me Grango. Okay, because that's, yeah, uh, that's exactly, that's yeah. kind of why I thought of it. Yeah, no, uh, because, I never was like, yeah. oh, hey, I want to be Grango now. It was like, oh, hey, hey, hey Grango. It's one of those kind of things. <laughs> So every once in a while it pops up. Alright, well before we get too far into it, um, notice spoilers for both Bright and uh, and Shape of Water. Uh, these movies will be spoiled um, out the ass, so uh, don't listen to this if you don't want it to be spoiled. Do you guys have uh, like a quick non-spoiler recommend, don't recommend? Oof, it's tough. Honestly, I really don't have a very good, uh, I don't have a good barometer for The Shape of Water, and I'm sure we'll get into that when we, when we talk about um, it, so... I don't really I, know what I I can't I can't either way recommend it or or I think uh, I'd recommend uh, Bright over The Shape of Water to be honest. <laughs> wow. As, well, yeah, see, as, even Bright, I'm kind of like eh, Bright. I'm a little bit more confident in Skip It. Um, but Bright's one of those things where you can laugh about with people for a long time. You know. Oh like, yeah, maybe you could get. There. I don't know. Maybe you could get there. At I least have like try and figure it out together, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of like. If you're a fan of Guillermo del Toro, see Shape of Water. Um, if you're, I don't know, it's it's tough for me with Bright because I, I like a lot of the things they did, but it's also like, like very deeply flawed. Like yeah. I, I I think Bright might end up becoming my BVS as, as uh, oof. Yeah, because I like a lot what they do with, with what they do with like the world. Mm. Um, but it's 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 just so flawed. Let, let, let's start with Bright, right? Okay, okay. So spoilers from here on out, and we're gonna start on Bright. Yeah. Uh, hold on for one <laughs> second. Can we put his volume up. I can like. I mean, I can hear him, but like. Hold on. Just yeah. put up the, the volume on your computer, and in theory. Uh, it's all the oh, way okay. up. Okay. All right. Can can, can, can you talk a little bit, buddy? Yeah, I'm talking. Uh, this is me talking. Blah, blah, I might blah. be able to we're boost the volume. Right. Yeah, as long if we can just give him a little bit more love there, I, I can like hardly hear him. Oh, uh, what's this one? Uh, try again. Uh, I'm still talking and talking and That's talking and talking. Yeah. Talking. Just crank, just crank up. Talk again. One, oh, this two, is the wrong one. Four, five, this, six, seven, this, eight, nine, this ten. input. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, you do volume. Ein, zwei, drei, fünf. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, I, I can't do anything right, that's, else. That's good enough. I figured I'd ask. I should Okay. Yeah, it, it's fine. I, I can cut it. Um, get, is there a way that I can do output on my end to make myself louder? No, because it's whatever's coming through here. Yeah, I, I can't make... Yeah. I, for whatever, I can't pump this any louder. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if Buddy started yelling the whole time, I think that would yeah. maybe throw you guys no, off it, the podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it worked last time. It wasn't... It wasn't Super, you know, what, know what it is? Is I'm hearing you, and it's hard to hear him because you're so much louder. I'll make it work. It's fine. Okay. My brain will just figure it All out right. at some point. So, uh, so bright. Um, uh, yeah. So bright is uh, uh, on our radar 
for the the reason that it has a very similar premise to uh shadow run right in that it's a very mo you know like it is a modern world it's a movie set in modern day los angeles with a lot of modern concepts right you know like it's as if the world you know two thousand years ago was lord of the ring times with like elves dwarves orcs and whatever and then you know even centaurs show up in this movie right um but then we are now in the year 2017 los angeles is still los angeles cars are still cars guns are still guns and shit like that right um which and, is slightly uh, different yeah. than Shadowrun, but still. It is slightly different than Shadowrun. Magic is much more rare and stuff like that uh, when it comes to like, the world building and aspects of that. Uh, it's directed by David Iyer of Suicide Squad fame or in terms of maybe Suicide Squad infamy and in terms of actual fame, right? Like he has two movies that came out in the early 2010s, uh, End of Watch and Fury that are very good uh, and written by Max Landis, who is the writer, he was a screenwriter for Chronicle and then wrote a whole bunch of other scripts. Like he wrote the first draft of the Power Rangers movie. Um, he wrote... Um, Dirk Gently. Uh, uh, yeah, he's the head writer in the Dirk Gently writer's room. He wrote Victor Frankenstein, the one with James McAvoy and Daniel Radcliffe. Um, he's like, also relatively famous for the uh, uh, Wrestling Isn't Wrestling short skit. Um, yeah, I actually have never seen a Max Landis movie like outside of his like YouTube videos. Yeah. Um we should probably just kind of address that he's he's come under some allegations recently. At the time of recording, nothing's been said by him or been like proved in any way, shape or form. But that that is I feel like we'd be remiss to not at least mention it. But he's yep. been he's been uh alleged to have uh potentially sexually assaulted someone so it's a, it's a lot of third-party accounts on twitter as far as i understand it yeah. um, a lot of people saying a lot of different things um and uh but you know i i think because this all kind of happened right around the holidays maybe i don't know nobody has gone on the record no one has come out uh specifically and identified themselves as a victim or what specifically max did um so uh yeah and i don't want this podcast to be is, about that but i, yeah, I feel yeah. like we should at least mention it Fair enough. Um, um, anyway, so uh, that's that's what that's that's bright. I thought bright was pretty bad. I actually kind of I, I'm surprised that you find it as like a BVS sort of thing because to me this is a little bit this is very blasé. It's not quite as bad as Ghost in the Shell, which is kind of like the ultimate of like I'm gonna just t take this cool unique premise and just be incredibly boring and uninterested about it right but it lives in this world with like the dark tower to me where it's just kind of like i don't know it, it, i didn't get a good sense that people like really cared about this project in a way do you know just, what i mean um, just some statistics real quick that i was i saw this morning uh in the first three days break out 11 million views on netflix and uh, the, what was it? Only Trump by Stranger Things season two, which was 15 million views in three days. Jeez. So people like the orcs and the cops. The people want it. Yeah, like it was. Um, uh, what what was? Uh, it's got like a 90 percent uh, audience score on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, and actually, uh, the like the internal kind of Netflix stuff, which I mean, people have kind of said like, oh well, Netflix only shows its own positivity or whatever, which I kind of think is whatever, but. Uh, it's pretty well regarded inside of like the net Netflix client itself. Um, so there does seem to be a pretty big, even like Reddit, right? Like the top comment on like the R movies discussion for bright was very much like, I don't know what, what movie the critics saw or whatever, but I like that movie quite a bit. Um, 
I don't think I'm quite as negative as like you know uh, as as some of the critics have been. Uh, David Ehrlich of IndieWire called it the worst movie of 2017. Um, for instance, I think it's nowhere near the bottom, right? Uh, but I also kind of think that it's just, I, I guess the word I would, I would maybe use is a little uninspired or like rote, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I feel like, um, I feel like the, the main storyline is real, but I think the world that they tried to build was really neat and really cool. Um, and that, that's, that's kind of what I liked about it. See, the, I actually have the opposite perspective. And the, and, and, I, and I actually rewatched the beginning of Bright because I was kind of like, do I actually feel this way a little bit? Because people have been kind of so up on it. Um, and in the beginning of Bright, there's this moment where, like, the evil, like, or I'm sorry, he's not evil, but he's, like, the Indian elf magic task force guys are talking with, like, the random hobo. And it was the clunkiest most awful world building I've ever seen. You know what I mean? Like three characters completely unrelated to what we're following, right? Like in in the plot talking about stuff. I, I just thought that, that like that was awful. And then on top of that, I kind of didn't feel as though, like as somebody who has, you know, this is going to sound like a kind of gatekeeping elitist nerd sort of thing, but like as somebody who's like kind of grown up in the shadow of, right, like, Lord of the Rings, and, like, playing D&D in high school and shit like that, right, like, I, I felt as though that this was a little bit too much of a, uh, of a pretender, right, like, this wasn't, this wasn't something that, like, someone who's been playing D&D for 30 years, right, made a movie about what his interpret, you know, like, about his custom campaign setting, this is kind of, like, this feels a lot more to me, like, somebody who's, like, well, nerd shit is cool now so i'm gonna try you know like i'm gonna try and do like this fantasy nerd shit and i don't want to like cast aspersions about you know like david ayer or max landis because i don't know them personally i don't know their like background when it comes to this kind of stuff but it did feel like it felt like a pretender's version of like a like a like a shadow run or whatever uh from like a world building perspective See, I, I think that, like, I guess maybe part of why I'm optimistic about, about it, and, and you know, it, it, they've already ordered a sequel, apparently, um, is kind of like they left a lot of stuff wide open, um, and there, there's a lot of details of the world that, like, haven't been filled in and that seem interesting, right? Like, we don't know, like, like, like a lot about, like, what this Battle of the Nine Armies is, and we don't know right. a lot about the deeper aspects of any of the cultures, right? Like, centaurs appear but are never directly addressed. Um, I think one of the orcs mentions dwarves and we never see one on screen just like stuff like that that, that implies this could be a, a bigger more fleshed out world um and this is just kind of like a window into it um and i don't like i don't think it's a great window i think i think some of the i think the characters are poorly written um i think some of the dialogues clunky and whatnot uh but uh i i, I am i don't know i i, I kind of want to look past its flaws and, and embrace the, the the stuff that i think is cool about it um just because, like, something you don't get out of Shadowrun, for instance, right? Because Sh Shadowrun is, is, you know, on a lore basis, is, is a little bit different, right? Like, in 2012, approximately, magic comes back into the world. And then, like, we, we, we go from, like, regular modern world to, like, fantasy modern world. Um, and that, like, eschews a lot of this kind of ability to engage with, uh, with kind of, like, a, like what, like, 2,000 years of an orc lower class looks like because that doesn't happen in Shadowrun. And, and that's mm -hmm. that, those types of details are, are interesting to me. Although at some points it, do, it does feel kind of tokenistic. I, I, Greg pointed this out to me. It's just kind of like, here's a shot of LA and then they put a dragon in it. Um, 
Uh, and, and they, wait, not, they put a dra- they, there was a dragon on screen. Yeah, that's kind of the point I was gonna make. Uh, Megan and I have discussed this a little bit. We try to keep it minimal because of this, obviously. But like part of the idea of, for me, at least with with this uh, this this world building, or at least in the kind of the production design and like the sets they do in these sort of movies, is they sprinkle in nuances to kind of sell the fact that you're in this you know fantasy world. And mm. all they did was like, okay, centaur in the background, or as Mango was just discussing, they cut to a city skyline of LA and just like there's just a dragon flop like flapping in the top right corner. And it's like cut back to next scene. It's like uh, the world's worst transition to be like, look, dragon. Okay, back to what we were doing. See, you know? I, I was actually kind of almost down for this like alternate universe take. One of the things I like about the opening of the movie um, is that there are these aspects of the world that do, see, you know what I mean? Like there's very clear segregation between elf-only kind of Beverly Hills, right, and uh, and like these orcs or whatever, but then they just drive through it like it's no like it's no big deal, which I thought was weird. And I loved how like when they pull into the police, um, you know, like there there are these like really hardcore like militarized checkpoints um, throughout the throughout the movie. Like they pull into the police station, and there's this like you know like it's not a tank, but uh, like an armored, you know, it has a big ass machine gun on the top of it or whatever. And I was like, oh, like yeah, like I get this. This is a little bit more right. Like this is um, this is a world in which kind of like rioting and crime are a lot more dangerous. And you know what I mean, like. But I felt as though outside of those shots and in those instances, the world was fun- fundamentally interchangeable with ours. You know what I mean. Like and I and I was hoping that there would be a little bit more in that. I think the biggest lack when it comes to this is that magic is such a rare thing. I was kind of hoping that magic would be a little bit more often or common. Um, and it's you know I mean they like it's it's all revolves around this plot point with like brights and shit like that. And that's you know it's kind of whatever. But I kind of like the idea of like one of the cops carries a gun and the other one fucking shoots fireballs and shit. And he's talking about mana and ley lines and you know what I mean like. Yeah, I don't know. That that's that's the biggest missed opportunity. Basically. Yeah, they, they make it clear that magic is banned in universe, which is I, I agree a, a a pretty bad miss, um, in terms of like making it fantastical. Um. Uh. I, although I, the thing I really want to highlight is, is I think that the biggest detriment to this movie is, uh, I just think the the characters aren't well, uh, well written or maybe it's written, maybe it's directed. I I, I don't know. But oh, like, see, really? Do you, like specifically, how did you feel about Jacoby and Ward, like so, as a duo? So, Ward was either needed to be more racist or less racist. He was just the perfect amount of like, he was like too much of a dick to Jacoby in the car, um, but not in. But like, then stood up to him to the other police stood up for him to the other police officers, and it felt like really disingenuous. I think really, re- yeah. Um, Inter- and, I feel the exact opposite about that, actually. Okay, and then I felt Jacob B. Like, I took me too long to get that his thing was supposed to be that he just didn't like get some social cues or whatever. It, it, it was weird because it, it didn't seem to be consistent. Like he seemed to get them sometimes, and not other times, and so it it, it didn't um, telegraph it to me like hard enough early on that that was what was going on. That he just didn't get some social cues, um, especially because that doesn't seem to be a thing that's consistent for orcs. Right, like it's not like the other orcs are like that. It's just like the other orcs are mostly gangbangers and like act very mm. stereotypically gangbangy. Um, so like his his weirdness, just just like his weirdness, his interactions with war just seemed off a lot. Um, and, until I got it into my head that that's what it was supposed to be, that he just didn't get it sometimes. 
That's interesting. I really like Jacoby and Ward. I thought that they were they actually were pretty great, but I thought everybody else kind of falls. Every 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 other character is pretty one note in this in this movie, and even Jacoby and Ward themselves are not super dynamic. They just kind of have like a lot of personality, and I was very sold on that. Like I like I I, I the the you know you could kind of get like there's this like quick talky Max Landis sort of thing to the to the like writing and it felt natural for will smith and completely awful for everyone else like there was this one movie where like one of the white cops is just like making some kind of um just like making some kind of weird pithy joke in like the locker room or whatever and i was just like god nobody would say that this is so i don't know i had a really tough time with that stuff but with jacoby and war themselves you know what i mean like i thought that they were pretty um they had a lot i don't know they had a lot of personality and they sold i was sold on them uh, just not on anyone else. I feel like everybody else was just kind of like not like a stereotype, just kind of like flat and only there was like a it's like a plot point. I also thought that the plot was really weirdly convoluted, and uh, and you're like I'm the guy that likes the convoluted plot behind Man of Steel or whatever, and I had a hard time following all this like you know the the Inferni and the different you know these these different elves and. I just thought, like, I was all of that stuff. I was just kind of like, what? Why? This yeah, no. Is, it, why it, is this so much more confusing than it has to be? It was a complicated wrapping around what was a very simple core, which is, you know, keep the bad guy from getting the foozle. Um, and like they, they just had to invent like a weird, a weirdly complicated explanation around that instead of just being like the the bad guy can't get the foozle. That would be bad. Um, how did you like? Uh, how did you like the camera work? I hated all the fucking lens flares. I thought it looked awful. Actually, you know, coming from uh, my background in production, the lens flares and with the scene with him walking with the flash in the beginning, I have no idea how they did that. They're really ridiculous, like, four lens flares at the top and bottom and some kind of weird filtration of it actually being to look up because it's really absurd. Most lenses don't flare that ridiculously. Yeah. That's the only good one. The rest of them are way over the top. Um, there was some cool stuff. Uh, what was it? It was um, some motion-controlled bot stuff going on. Uh, with the scene where he shoots the gun, it turns around. When he shoots all all four cops. It's like that weird sort of like matrixy bullet time kind of looking thing. Yeah, I actually, I like that bit a lot. To be yeah. honest with you, bots are dope. I don't know if you guys there was uh, something that was going around the internet today and yesterday of like it's like very precision based. Like you set a start and uh, uh, you just keyframe a camera essentially on this big robot arm that like does every little bit, so it whips around really quickly and makes that really sick looking footage. So that stuff's cool. Um, overall, I don't think it was, like, a gorgeous movie. I thought it was, like, a good-looking movie that had its moments, like, beginning. I just think, like, as a movie as a whole, it couldn't decide on where it was going. Like, plot, sort of tone, everything. It was going all over the place. And the cinematography, cinematography felt that way, too. Like, yeah. it starts off with, like, that second scene or whatever with, like, his daughter where she's all sad. And it's, it's now it's, like, dramatic. It's, like, that tunnel of light, like, backlit hallway look, which is gorgeous. And it's, like, a cliche sort of how to make something dramatic. But then it cuts back to, like, okay, like, comedy lighting. Like, here we are. And, like, the, you know, the, like, the the back and forth in the car. So it is sort of, it's, like, tone of being all over the place reflects its cinematography in that sense. Yeah. yeah. I also kind of felt like this was, like, poor man Zack Snyder cinematography. Like, it was incredibly dark throughout the last, like, the back half of the movie. Um, and this is something people, like, shit on when it comes to, like, these Zack Snyder movies. But I think at the end of the day, what he's looking for is contrast. He's trying to create really, like, hardcore black images right so that the you know like colors and stuff pop off screen right like you know the the thing with superman's cape flapping or whatever it's the reason why it's the reason why all these fights happen at night i feel like um 
but like there were no colors in the in bright to create that contrast right so so you're not getting like really really like like i don't know like those images weren't those images weren't popping off the screen for me in the same way i just kind of felt like it was muddled uh, because yeah. everybody was wearing dark shit, and I couldn't tell. I had a I had a tough time telling what was going on. Yeah, the only things that really pop are are is the wand. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's true. Actually, that is very true. Um, but it doesn't show up enough to kind of justify it. Yeah. Um. The the only scene that really that that really like I don't know I, I I'm not a cinematographer, but the only thing, scene that really like popped out to me was the um the car stop. I thought that was really cool looking. Um. But that's like really the only thing that stuck out at me. And that's but, super VFX heavy. Yeah. yeah, but but it, it looked cool. Was it? Would I read this or were we talking about today? Somebody was saying that like a hundred and something VFX artists artists weren't credited on Bright. Yeah, too. yeah. Netflix apologized, uh, but <laughs> no, uh, but they were just left out of the credits entirely. Um, and 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 I like to a certain extent um, that they were shy about VFX, right? Like you could tell that a lot of this movie was like. You know, like, very practical. Um, obviously, like, for instance, the orcs, right? These are not Warcraft orcs, right? Um, these are these are kind of like Lord of the Rings orcs. They have a... It's it's almost all prosthetics. It allows, like, the emoting. Like, there's that whole bit in the, in the beginning with... This is kind of why I was sold on, like, Jacoby or whatever. When Jacoby was talking about what human faces <laughs> look like. And he's doing this, like... He's doing this, like, thing. And, like, you couldn't get that kind of a bit, um... Uh, I feel like if they didn't, if they didn't do all this stuff like practically, uh, but I also kind of came away from it kind of feeling like, like these orcs just kind of look like, you know what I mean? Like people with makeup. It's a little bit, it's like the Star Trek problem, right? Like this is just like a human with rubber fins, right? Mm -hmm. This is a human with rubber teeth. This is a human with pointy ears and cunt and contacts, right? Like, I don't know. That was, that was, uh, uh. So I, I that didn't really work for me. I felt like the orcs kind of were able to get past it, but the elves I thought looked very much like, you know, like weird human, you know, like long-haired humans with slightly pointy ears and colorful eyes. Uh, I think part of that too is that they didn't like Lord of the Rings paints the elves in a very certain light and made sure to like grab actors that kind of fit into that mold of this kind of like wispy, mm -hmm. um, uh, kind of looking. Right, like Orlando Bloom and and uh, uh, the Elf Community. I can't remember their uh, Liz Liv Liv Tyler. Yeah. Also, uh, what's the Agent Shit, Smith? That yeah, that guy. Yeah, um, Hugo Weaving. Hugo, yeah, there we go. Like they, they all like fit like the the body type, right? Like like what, I think what you, you want to paint elves as. Whereas um, these these elves felt a lot like normal people, especially the dude who was the. Um, like the the investigator elf, he has felt like 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 a normal dude. I think they tried to cover it by having by having his partner be like a fat dude. Um, oh, uh, it's like a, a happy something. I guess it's happy that actor. Oh, really? Yeah, he's in a few other things. Um, and uh, like and like like uh, for instance, the of the triumvirate of of bad guy elves, like the dude looked looked like more like a Nosferatu <laughs> than like an elf. It was it was weird. Oh. Yeah, I thought the stuff with the bad guy elves was pretty awful uh, all around, to be honest. Speaking of um, uh, effects, too, the thing that I thought looked really bad was um, the assassin, Bright, or Elf, the, uh, in the beginning. Um, the girl who, I guess, goes to, to kill... Um, the one who's, like, spread on the wall. She's got, like, those things yeah. on the side. I thought that looked really bad. Oh, really? I actually kind of liked that, just from, like, a... 
See, I, uh, I, I couldn't tell what they were trying to make yeah. that be. I thought at first, I was like, is this, is this like an experiment we're coming across? Or like, is like, like a like, wall decoration? Yeah, yeah, like, like it, it looked very, like, I think a little bit of CGI might have helped, like, maybe have stuff more pulsing or even like more practical effects. I think, yeah, it I, I think it's too. because the world building wasn't there to support it. Because when I yeah. saw yeah. it the second time and I understood what had happened, like, when I understood the movie front to back, that moment worked for me more because I didn't have that, like, question of, like, what the fuck? Yeah, what is you know this what I mean? mean? Yeah. Like what is yeah like what does this mean just from like a practical like plot point perspective? But when you like when you know what that means because you've seen the movie once and you're coming back to it, um, that that whole bit works a lot better. I actually I have to agree with you when it comes to like the lens flares with the flashlights in that building. That building and like that setup is kind of the only good like actiony tensiony kind of stuff that gets done. I feel like um. Because that first shootout is happening outside, it's better lit than the other shootouts that are happening indoors, and so I have an easier time seeing what's going on. And the and the camera work is much more focused on geography, right? Of like, you know, you are following them through this building, and you get a sense for like their footpath as they are like making their way through the building. The geography of all of the action scenes after this. Um, were particularly awful. I think that they were trying to go for like a John Wick sort of thing, but without the kind of like, um, I don't know, just like the focus on like like medium shot clarity almost, right? Where you just like put it on a tripod so that you can just watch this shit happen, right? There was just like, I don't know, there was like too much cutting, uh, especially in the fight at the end in the convenience store with the one guy who's like doing like martial arts or whatever. I thought that that whole fight scene was just absolutely awful. Um, and to be honest, I find this really weird because David Heyer is good at this, right? Like, in the, like, you know, Mango asked, he was like, you know, has he done any good movies? And in 2011, he did End of Watch, which was like, I, I, people, people really liked this movie. Roger Ebert had it on his top 10. It was like number four on his top 10 of that year. And then he did Fury in 2013, 14, 13 or 14. And I rewatched Fury because I was like, was I crazy? Was that movie bad? Was it shot just as poorly as this one? No, like the whole ending fight of that movie is shot in, in you know, at nighttime in the darkness, but it is so clear. They they do a lot of these kind of aerial shots to give you a great sense of the surroundings. It's a World War II movie about a tank. The tank v. tank stuff with VFX is really good and like a lot of tension and a lot of drama. I don't know. Maybe there's just a lot of freedom that comes with shooting... Um, like VFX heavy tank fights, right, uh, or whatever, um, that you don't get that same kind of option when you're doing, like, practical fist fights with people in, like, prosthetics and shit. I don't know. Yeah. Um. It reminded me a lot of, like, the most... I, I complained about this in our Suicide Squad podcast, like, where there's, like, the thing of Will Smith just shooting, like, CGI nobodies or whatever, and it's just, like, a completely uninteresting... The, the CGI nobodies are black. It is at night, so it's black on black, and you can't even... There's just nothing. It's just, like, nothing on screen. I felt exactly that same way. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I have anything to add to that, but, yeah, that, that sounds about right. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, the, the other thing I wanted to point out, there was just a couple of moments that, that kind of, like, got to me. The, the big one, and Greg and I talked about this a little bit, was... um. The orc, like the orc kid being the one that Jacoby saved. That was like, super convenient, yeah. It wasn't even, it, 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 it was didn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't matter, right? Like, it's not like it stopped him from getting shot. It was like they wanted to do, like, the, like, the, like, they wanted him to stop him from getting shot, but then realized that they needed to have him die so that he could come back to life. 
yeah. and be like Orc Jesus, and they're like, they should have just eliminated it, right? He didn't have to be the guy's. It wouldn't have made a difference. That was a cool yeah. set, by the way. That that space with like yeah. the antlers and everything. I think I like, like that they whole, really. Yeah. We're not, we were we were laughing when they opened up like the giant pit. We're like, oh, of course the orcs have a pit in the floor. Yeah. But you know, I think it still was like <laughs> one of the better sets. I also like that guy's monologue. You know what I mean? Where mm. he was kind of like, I I one of the big problems with this movie to me is also that like. Okay, so there's this, you know, like, there's this, like, I don't want to call it a fad, but there's this thing in, like, film criticism where kind of, like, everything is a metaphor for kind of real-world racial politics, right? Um, which I'm a firm not-believer in, right? Like, I think, you know, look, the, the orcs in Lord of the Rings are not, you know, I don't know, fucking, like, Nazis or whatever, right? Like, they're not a metaphor for that kind of stuff. The reason that Lord of the Rings is set in a fantasy setting is so that it can get away from this kind of shit. Um, and uh, and isn't, like, a, like a literal one-to-one -one representation of, like, you know, whatever, like, whatever it is, right? Um, it, but this movie did the opposite of that, right? Where it kind of says that, like, oh, no, 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 like, these orcs are, you know, black people. They are... Hispanics, but Hispanics also exist here, and they have their own, and they have their own gang that seems s the the same. And and Will Smith is black, but he says this fairy lives don't matter thing, and he's shitting on his like gangster, like like neighbors or whatever. I was just like, what the fuck are you and, trying to say with this shit? And the orcs you know joined I mean? the Dark Lord two thousand years ago, so maybe they deserve it. Like, what's your message? Yeah. I thought it was so, I thought that was so weird, right? Like, because I think you can have these kinds of things, like, these kind of, like, I don't know. You can have that kind of stuff be subtext or whatever, right? Like, Zoo, you know, Zootopia sort of did this with, like, Predator and Prey or whatever. Um, though I also think it kind of fails at that a little bit. Um, but, like, I was just kind of like, I just, I, I thought it, it th this is a little bit of what I thought was, like, underdeveloped, I guess, about, um... Like, about the world building and, and the film. Like, he didn't really have anything to say about how the elves are the 1% or whatever. And he didn't really have anything to say about the orcs, uh, you know, like, being this, like, downtrodden mind, like, like legitimately, like... This is the part of what, what Will Smith's thing about going from, like, waveringly racist to like on Jacoby's side is because in the be in the beginning of the movie his wife is so clearly racist right she wants him not to drive with Jacoby right she tells their daughter that orcs are not as smart as other people and w and Will Smith has to be there and kind of defend it and this is and like and that kind of like back and forth to it a little bit where he's like oh I like and you know the cops are all racist against like Jacoby like there's a lot of really real racism in this you know like in this movie um I just, but it didn't do, I, I don't know what the fuck it was trying to do with that shit. Like, I, it's basically just, it creates tension in the plot, and it doesn't want to have any kind of deeper meaning than that, which I think is awful and weird and irresponsible in a way. As a, as a whole, like, I was saying this before, but to your point, the movie just doesn't, doesn't go in any, like, a direction. There's so many, like, different ways you could, like it could go with it and it like it hits all these points but they're not at all connected you know it's yeah. like it's just like stops in like scene to scene and like thrown all together um that first scene where he talks with his wife where she's super racist i think that's such a poor scene to start with like as a film because she is such a bad actor like actress like when we started <laughs> that i was like oh man like this is gonna be a long movie luckily you know she's irrelevant for the next like 
I don't know, like seventy minutes until the very end. Yeah, no. Well, when <laughs> he do, calls her, when he when he calls her in the restaurant, I I, I couldn't tell. I, I couldn't remember if it was the same actress. Like, or not. why even shoot that scene though? Like, yeah. why shoot her? Why why not just have him on the phone? I actually, I actually like that that phone call just because it's kind of one of those things where it's like I I was afraid when they did the phone call, right? That it was going to set up one of those things where. Like the you know, like I don't know they find the kid out about kid or and the kid gets kidnapped or whatever or whatever but like no because that doesn't happen at all it is him being everywhere. like it's him being responsible right he knows a, bu- a bunch of bad shits about to happen and so he warns his wife and she successfully gets out you know what I mean like I thought that that's kind of that that was kind of like a neat thing in the movie um, to like have like a forty five second detail over yeah um the, the only the last thing I wanted to touch on uh, just because it jarred me a lot was at the very end when they escape from the burning building. Like, it just seems like cut wrong or shot wrong, or what one of you could correct me on is to maybe help me dig into this, but, like, he comes out of the burning building, and then he realize, and then he goes back in, but it, it, it like, feels like it, that should have been, like, one shot. Or, like, one... Instead of him coming out twice, he should have come out once with Will Smith. Like, realized it in the building. It just felt, like, weirdly drawn out. And, yeah. like, it just felt wrong, and, and I'm, I'm having trouble... Putting it into the words. whole the whole pacing of the ending yeah, yeah. was was off. Yeah. It's like I thought that was off you know it's like weird. okay like he comes out now we have this like top down shot where they keep making jokes about being firefighters and is it over and blah 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 great where's the credits oh there's a hospital scene and that's dragged out with like the whole like back and forth there again and it's like okay like can we okay oh look down here's that last scene where they're getting awards and like gotta mention Rodriguez and oh look the wife's back again it's like can we just like you could have lost like <laughs> one or two of those scenes and really just yeah no you I, know, trimmed I, it up. I was I was telling Greg the hospital scene. I fully expected that scene to be like, how would you boys like to join like the anti magic division or something? And that's like the hook for like the sequel or whatever. But no, I it's was just like that too. Yeah, it, yeah. No, it's just like a bad summarization of the plot. <laughs> um, and uh, and then this is the movie you just watched. Very weird. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, and and you know, I know, I know, I shit on kind of the appearance of, of the elf dude, but I thought those two characters were kind of like interesting in terms of like what they added to the world, like the Bureau of Magic Investigation or whatever it was. Um, I would have liked a little bit more out of them, but we we don't get anything out of them, even even in that like last moment. Yeah, this is also one of those things where I kind of feel like this movie would have been more interesting if those two, you know what I mean? If this was Men in Black, right? Right. But like, but like with the the magic task force or whatever and not so like secretive or kind of whatever maybe i would be a little bit more on board with it but i don't know yeah um so that's bright yeah very middling yeah no i i i enjoyed it um i think i could also enjoy it in in kind of like a a less critical kind of mind frame yeah right like it's definitely a popcorn movie it's gonna be to pop on like to like not fully pay attention to or just like you know, also just like, I don't know, like an easy watch. Like, it's, yeah. it's not a challenging movie by any means. Yeah. And it's Netflix. Like, that's like, I think that's sort of what it's going for with some of its content. It's like, oh, hey, like, you're not doing anything and you're on Netflix. I, like, yeah, I mean, this. I Will really, Smith. I like, I like Netflix a lot. Netflix doesn't give notes. We've talked about this before. I think that's a really, like, awesome thing to do where it kind of keeps, right? Like, like, Netflix was never going to turn this movie into, like, Suicide Squad or whatever, the same way that WB did, right? Or they weren't going to butcher it like they butchered Justice League or something like that, right? Like, Netflix is the kind of place that they just, they want you to go and make your, like, they want you to go make your movie. Um, and you kind of have to take the, you know, like, the bad with the good when it comes to that sort of thing. Um, in, uh, like, maybe, a, you know, maybe if they were sending dailies or whatever to Netflix's studio executives, they could have been like, 
this was, you know, like you need to reshoot this bit. It, it you, I can't tell what's going on or something along those lines. You know what I mean? Like maybe they could have caught some of this stuff, uh, but they didn't cause they're kind of so hands off. But, um, I don't know. It's also how you get, you know, good shit like stranger things and, and everything yeah. like that. So worth noting uh, though, to for, say. for bright, um, Robin and Mango's, uh, Upset here. Um, it was the most product placement I've ever seen in a Netflix movie. All the the Budweiser stuff. I yelled "Dilly Dilly" every time there was a Budweiser product, but um, it kept happening. Like there's the scene in the beginning with the, the neighbors drinking Bud Light, and then then Will Smith himself was drinking a Budweiser after he shot or whatever. Like I haven't seen product placement like that in Netflix product. You know, yet. I have to say that uh, I just watched Transformers Five. Uh, the one about like King Arthur and all that dumb bullshit. <laughs> so I might be—I have like a cool down for my like <laughs> noticing of product placement because it is so obvious yeah. in that movie how much product placement goes into it. Uh, I also don't really like—I like for instance, I don't mind the product placement in Man of Steel, but a lot of people get really mad about it. Like, there's that part where like Superman punches some dude through like a fucking IHOP or some shit. <laughs> or, like, they throw like a U-Haul van, and people people get really mad about that stuff. But I'm just kind of like, I don't know, man. Like IHOPs exist. What do you want? Like, yeah. All right. Well, we, we should probably move on to. Oh my god, the shape of water. The shape of water around now. I'm so excited to talk about this. You know the first thing I said? I actually, I tried to call Rachel as soon as I got out of the movie theater because I just had to get this, like, thing off my chest. This movie took the prospect of someone wanting to fuck a fish so seriously yeah. that I cannot get past it. I, I have... I, it is impossible... I, <laughs> I ruined this movie for people, okay? Because in the fucking theater... I kept bursting out laughing anytime that they would they they were talking about like sincerely discussing that she was fucking the fish. No, I was telling Greg as we walked out of this right. Like, First thing he said, I, like the only reason, like I feel like the only reason they show they show her like jacking off twice, and like the only reason I think is just like. Drive home the point that she really wants to fuck this fish. I, 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 right? It was so, it was mind, but the moment, okay, so there's this moment in the movie, for those of you who haven't seen it, but I've stuck around past the spoilers, where she turns on, like, the bath water in her bathroom or whatever, and then, like, plugs the bottom of the door with, like, towels, and then, like, turns on the sink or whatever, so she's, like, flooding her bathroom, right? And then she gets naked, and, like, she and the fish, like, implicitly fuck or whatever. And then water starts, like, dripping everywhere, and, like, the, the apartment like her roommate guy comes over and he opens the door and all the water comes rushing out and then she's just standing there looking back on him with like this like yeah I just fucked this fish like <laughs> grin on her face and I was laughing I was laughing so hard and I was like looking around nobody else thought it was I was like what do you is this not really weird? There's a moment in the film. There's a moment in the film where she describes to her like black best friend that, how his penis works. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and she doesn't bat an eye that that this thing she smuggled like, out of this facility just to fuck. This, I just, this this is so weird. <laughs> Oh my god, I really I really had to get that off my chest. <laughs> because like, because here's the thing, people, every time people talked about this, they were like, oh, it's like a modern fairy tale or whatever. And it starts with that framing device of like, the, the roommate is telling the story, right? Like the gay guy or whatever. And I was like, oh, like, like this, you know, like I kind of get it, right? But the thing about fairy tales is that like, 
You know what I mean? Like, nobody actually asks the question. Like, it, it's not a problem. <laughs> you go the that in, in the, the Little Mermaid, she gets a vagina for the first time and then fucks Prince Eric implicitly in the story because that relationship is sexless right like it's a it, it's a, it's a it's a romance where they don't they don't talk about it they don't you know what i mean none of nothing's implied nothing's implied about like bell and the beast having like fucking yiffing furry sex or anything like that right <laughs> these are very sexless fairy tales right and i was like okay like maybe that's one way to do it and then you have the other way to do it which is like something like in her Right. Or like in Blade Runner 2049, where like the person is kind of in love with this like AI, right? Like this, this computer program in her, right? Like they have, they like bring in this surrogate woman and the dude's like, this is just too weird. I can't fucking do this. Right. And then in Blade Runner 2049, right? Like they bring in this hooker or whatever, but they just skip the sex scene and go to the next morning where like the hooker just like puts on her pants and like leaves. And Ryan Gosling is like, oh my fucking God, what the fuck did I just do last night? You know what I mean? I was like, this is appropriate, right? This is appropriately recognizing how weird this shit is. But the Shape of Water just didn't do that. The Shape of Water just took it for granted that her wanting to fuck this fish and and that being a it's just a normal thing no no need to question like, it it's a fairy tale the you guys. first like the, it's like the first and second thing she does not she, she wakes up she sets her eggs and then she goes and jacks off and it's like what why like what? which for the record she resets the egg timer before she masturbates yeah <laughs> yeah and yeah, she I, I actually to be honest with you i kind of like that you know what i mean like i think Masturbation is a very normal part of most people's lives, and we should get more of that on screen, right? Okay, what? Okay, like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean, seriously, right? Like, I, I, like, for instance, there's the moment in, like, what's a movie that, like, American Beauty does this, where Kevin Spacey's character talks about, like, how the best part of his day, you know, he's, like, you know, having a shitty midlife crisis, whatever, you know, that's a dumb, dumb movie, but he talks about, he goes into the shower and he jacks off and that's the best part of the day, right? You know what I mean? Like, this is a human thing and I, I appreciate it when a movie is willing to be like, yep, this is a normal part of everybody's life, everybody sure. masturbates, so, we so can talk about this So, a part of everybody's day, but I don't need to see the hero take bathroom breaks. No, yeah, yeah definitely, I get that, right? And, and that's what, what I think is so weird about it, because I was just like, just don't just don't just don't touch that just have it be this like platonic fairy tale romance that everybody wants it to be right why do we have to talk about how the fish penis works and how have her demonstrate with her fucking hands how it comes out right and there's this weird sexual subtext between like you know like her and like michael shannon's character or whatever you know what i mean who's, who's michael shannon sorry uh, uh the michael shannon is the bad guy oh the villain yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the villain where he fucks his wife or whatever, and he wants her to be like silent. Silent, and then he's like, "Oh well, you know, you're mute, and I bet, yeah, I bet I could make you squawk." You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, what the, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I, I was, <sighs> I don't know, I, I, I was kind of expecting that to be like a setup for like like a like a rape into like like some which would have like you know paralleled the the fish thing, and I don't know, it, it was weird. Regardless, I was expecting a little bit of that, but. I'm kind of glad that they didn't go there. And yeah. I do like, like, one of the things that I think this movie does well is it spends some time with each of the little characters, right? Like, you get this, like, her gay painter friend, right, trying to, like, go to this pie shop to, like, whatever, start a relationship with the guy who works at, who works at the pie shop, right? And, like, that's not materially relevant to the story, right? But, like... It's also, but like, it is a, it, it's an important part of his character, an important part of the world, right? And I like that it takes its time with that stuff, right? You get all this back and forth with the Russians, uh, 
um, and Michael Stuhlbarg's character. Um, you know, you get this stuff with Octavia Spencer complaining about her husband and shit like that. Like, these were really great. If, if there's anything that I, I think is really good about this movie, right? This is a movie that didn't get, like, a traditional Hollywood leading at someone, right? This is not an Emma Stone movie. It's not a Ryan Gosling movie. You know what I mean? Like, this is just a whole bunch of character actors doing their characters, you know what I mean? Like, that, that got chosen to play the characters they typically act, right? But with, like, a lot of time and diligence put into making them like good full real people and i really love that right if there's anything that i that i would highlight about this movie it is that concept um from just like a base level construction i think it also really drove home what what i I think one of the themes is supposed to be which is that like all these characters are are alone right like yeah yeah um elias is isolated by her lack of voice um her friends isolated because he's he's a homosexual in the time period where that's not acceptable um her black friends mostly alone, even though she's married. Like he, he's basically a non-character. Whenever when he does show up, it's to like fuck things up. And they did touch mm. on on the racism too, with like in the pie scene. Yeah, um, and uh, and Dimitri is is alone, right? Like you know he's 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 a Russian double agent, but he's he's a scientist first, right? Like, um, and you know it's it's and, and you know the obviously the moral of the story is that uh, you know she finds her 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 prince fish fucker um and she's no longer alone and like you know like th- that story kind of like brings you know like makes things a little bit better for everybody else yeah this is also what bewilders me so much about them focusing so much on her desire to fuck this thing because they had such a great in to just make it like a romance thing when she did that whole thing and she's talking about how like to everyone else in the world right she is incomplete because she doesn't have a voice right but he doesn't know that yeah. to him she's a complete person right and i thought that that and i was like that's that's legitimately romantic right like and i understand it why did you ruin it by getting like by just like plunging us into the fish fucking this is so weird yeah um, greg pointed this out and i think i agree which is that, like, at some level, their romance also feels a little bit unearned. It's basically like she mm. gives him some eggs. Yeah, the pacing's so quick. Like, it just, like... Uh, the pacing of the movie overall, I, I sort of have some issues with, but, like, specifically, like, the intro, it's like, you know, she goes into this very secure space and like, here, egg, great, we're best friends now. Like, immediately they become, like, yeah, this, I think this whole this thing. Is, this is a little bit of the same issue with Star Wars. Well, I guess not to spoil it, because... Uh, um, but, like, that, you know, things are so compressed because the time frame of the movie is only a couple of days. You know what I mean? Um, that it doesn't... I felt like there should have been a, a montage in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. With her and the fish, like... Like, becoming, listening to music, like, hey, he's a favorite, favorite album now, and, like... Right, like, she's teaching him to way. sign yeah. or whatever, and they can, they can communicate a little bit more, and then we kind of go, okay... Their, you know, like, months have passed. Their relationship is much more fully established, right? Um, whereas, like, it, by the text of the film, it feels like it just took place over the course of, like, a week. And the you thing is, I mean? too, is, like, he does just learn sign language. You know, like, he learns egg and music because he sees those things. But then, he, you know, like, I guess, like, he don't, but us this, together this, is not really taught, this, you know? This bothered me a little bit because he only seems to know a few signs. And, like, I think there's, like, like if, if you want to look at it this way, there's this very real question of, like, 
Is she like basically like fucking an animal? It's like no, taking advantage of him. No, but that's real though because he fucking <laughs> eats the cat, right? right? By the way, was that like not the most horrifying thing you've ever seen? I was like, oh, like this is cute. This was in the trailers, right? The cat hisses at him. He hisses at the cat. Then you cut back to the fucking painter, and he wakes up and he walks over, and the dude has bitten the fucking cat's head off. And I was like, Whoa, what? What? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it really does seem to kind of, I don't know, it seems to suggest it's a wild animal, right? Like, he runs out and he slashes, you know, the guy's the guy's wrist or whatever. I don't know. Like, it, it was like, a, I don't know. I, that, there's, there's, like, I just don't think there's the middle ground that I'm comfortable with there, right? Like, either he's, like, a fully, you know, conscientious human being sort of thing, right? And is, like, a tortured animal, right? Or... Or, or I'm sorry, and it's like, and it's like, a, and it's like a tortured person, right? Or he's like a tortured animal, right? Like he's King Kong, you know what I mean? Where like their relationship is not about sex; it's just a big ass fucking gorilla, right? Um, I don't know. Yeah. That was very weird. <laughs> that was really. Um, weird. The two things that also, like, I guess, going back to what you were saying about like, I was thinking when she was flooding that bathroom, I was like, wow, like this is a really irresponsible decision for someone who's stolen a asset, a highly desired, yeah, yeah. you know, like government asset, like this, like leaked the theater. That and the same thing when he escaped, when he just like happened to be in the theater right downstairs. Like, Oh, that's convenient. He went yeah, in the first I, door I, I and there he agree. is, you know, and there's nobody in the theater. There's nobody in the theater. And there's nobody. I mean, and, they, and they the did talk about prints. how nobody was ever going to the fucking theater. So that's yeah. like kind of, but like, like the blood prints aren't a big deal. Like, Oh yeah. Like whatever. Yeah. We'll just, you know, the rain took care of him. Yeah. The, that, the, the, the plumbing thing, really actually kind of like bothered me just because it's so it's like so unreal that that would be possible you know what i mean like they show like they show the water leaking out of the door or whatever and i was like if the water was leaking like that she wouldn't be able to fill up the whole fucking room and float in it right yeah i don't know it felt like they they released him from his captivity too quickly to be yeah honest. no no yeah we, we were talking about this that like the rescue happens like with way too much movie left to go yeah. Like, like that, I was expecting that to be, like, like one of the last things to happen. I, and, I, and, you know, I, I, I kind of get it from, like, a, you know, like, there, there's a very real free willy kind of trope where, like, you know, this is almost a heist movie or something along those lines. She falls in love with the fist and then the whole back end of the movie is her getting the fish out or whatever. But in this one, the middle of the movie has a bit where they get the fish and then he just kind of hangs around her apartment, I guess, as they, like fall in love and he demonstrates his like crazy healing powers that regrows the one dude's hair the the montage you were talking about almost does happen after they save her right like or she saves him you know it's, it seems like the order's a little mixed up compared to like traditional storytelling yeah. which you know you don't have to follow that but the pacing did seem kind of weird like i mentioned a mango at one point when we walked out i was like you know after they saved him uh, i looked at my watch and i'm like how much more movie we got left that was pretty quick you know yeah. like where, where yeah, are we yeah. at in this thing um I, I feel part of the problem is too is there's like there's no not a lot of tension while he's there, right? Like, like uh, the the villain's clearly gone off the wrong track. Doesn't suspect the mute the mute cleaning girl at all, um, and like isn't really following that path. And like, you know, it, it's not like they're ever in any danger of being discovered until the very end. Yeah, I actually, um, to be honest, I actually really like that in a lot of ways. Um, one of the things that I don't like about a lot of period pieces is that they don't deal with the kind of, um, not like a 
oppressive racism but like low level racism if that makes sense where it, like where it's just kind of like implicitly a part of everyday life and i think that this movie did a pretty good job of getting at that right and this this idea that the, the dude completely you know what i mean they they because they have such a high like personal understanding of themselves and such a low thought for what this mute woman uh and this black woman would be able to do that they were like oh it has to be like a trained group of whatever a bunch of like russians or whatever but it's like no it's like the two people that you don't notice i thought that i thought like that part of it was very cool and played out well another movie that did this recently was it right where you know it has a whole thing where one of the kids is being bullied but he's explicitly being bullied because you know what i mean uh he's black right and there was like there's like a racist kind of bite to that but it's not the pro like this isn't a, a movie about race right this isn't like selma or something right? right it's just kind of like background it's just like background stuff that's like yep we're living in the 1950s people were pretty fucking racist including this guy that the gay dude likes right like i thought that stuff was great yeah, no, I like th that setting was fine. I just mean the, the fact that like it resulted in no tension in that back half of the movie was 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 not great. Yeah, definitely, I agree uh, with you. Uh, uh, but speaking... which sucks because it was pretty good about setting up tension in the front half. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's that part with like the egg and she's in the room and overhearing stuff, right? And fucking like there's the, all the stuff with the Russians, right? Like I thought the Russians were very cool and I like Michael Suborg a lot. I think he's great. And so there was this whole bit with like him knowing and you're like oh shit right like is he going to you know like is he going to try and engineer this escape right and then give them to the russians or whatever or is he, you know what i mean like th yeah. there's this extra angle there there's a lot of different kind of like players moving around i don't know i thought that 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 stuff was very cool yeah um and and uh like speaking to the period piece aspect greg and i were talking about um the the car dealership scene because <laughs> the caddy scene yeah oh yeah it was that was just like we Beautiful. both started laughing when the guy came rolling around on the display, like the lazy season type display, and he starts talking. What was it? I'm just looking, and I'm just and I'm just speaking. There's belting out features. <laughs> yeah. But but it, was, but it was perfect, right? Like it like it was it was funny, but like it, in in the right way, right? It didn't feel out of place. It felt like that that was what it was supposed to be. How it would have been? Yeah, there was actually that a lot of this movie. There was a lot of this movie that was kind of subversive of that kind of stuff. And like like one of the things I think about her like masturbation or whatever that I thought was fine was that it was such a routine in it was like such a part of her daily routine. Like it's this wasn't a movie where like at the end of it she gets rewarded with like a bigger you know what I mean? Like she goes up against this guy ahead of her in the company and then and then she becomes the head of security or you know what I mean? Where it's like one of those kind of like ambition movies. Like, no, she's perfectly fine being a, like like a maid. She's she has a good contented life in all of those kinds of aspects, right? Um it's just that she doesn't she wants to be in love with somebody and she can't find that right and then on the opposite end of it you had michael shannon's character and he is trying to live this like american dream shit or whatever but you can see how that like that is what you know that's like a lot of what like contributes to his neuroses when it comes to this is he wants this approval from the you know the general and shit like that and to prove himself as a man and all this stuff but he can't ever get there or whatever. I don't know. Maybe there's more to that thought. I haven't really thought about it until right now. What's well, kind of funny that just sort of occurred to me in discussing this one, unpacking this whole concept of like you know being alone and that kind of stuff. It's kind of sad in the end. Her neighbor, the the gay painter, he he is his only friend. He says it in the movie like, "Oh, you're my only friend. You're all I have." She just yeah. leaves. 
<laughs> so he ends yeah. up just totally alone. Hey, After man, he got his hair her. back, so he's fine. Right? Yeah, right? He saves her, he loses a cat, and uh, she goes. <laughs> yeah, no, that's... <laughs> And he I also, he also forgive that fucking fish for eating his cat yeah. so quickly. Yeah, he must not have liked he that cat He was just like, oh, man. You know, that that's what you get for letting the fish monster roam around your house. He just he bites the heads off. I, I, I love how quickly they have, like, four other cats, like, appear in the room and be like, see, I could lose one. I've got, like, six of them. <laughs> oh, my God. And then he makes the joke. He's like, oh, well, aren't you glad that you stayed out of the living room or whatever? And I was yeah, like, you're the lucky Whoa! one. You're lucky. Your cat just died, dude. I don't know. Maybe this is just because I have two cats and I love them very dearly or whatever. If I brought a fish monster into my house and it bit the head off of one of my cats, I would be really pissed, you guys. Yeah, don't, I also, don't hang out fish low monsters. Loki, I thought that this was going to happen in the movie. when Because I was so flabbergasted by all of this fish fuckery, I was like, the gay dude's going to fall in love with the fish. <laughs> and there's going to be a love triangle. <laughs> and I'm glad that they didn't do that because that would have been so fucking ridiculous. Not that the fucking the fish wasn't ridiculous, right? Lead, was, lead into the, I was the weird, the weird legit sex stuff. Convinced that would be that would be. Oh, uh, I'd watch that movie. Weird, weird <laughs> fish sex triangle type deal. Oh how, does, how would you God. end that? Like maybe I think I would only. I see the, if they ended that movie where they get into like a polyamorous relationship where the fish is like no. Blah blah blah. We can all fuck each other, and it's great. Like that's the only way you can get that water. <laughs> Man, <laughs> Guillermo del Toro turned down Pacific Rim two for this. Not that I, you know, not that I want to shit on the man for making these kinds of like arty, you know, arty movies or whatever. Right? Like he can make whatever movies he wants. Fine. You, 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 you know, you earned it, Guillermo del Toro. But I don't know, man. Pacific wow. Rim is like. The crowning achievement of like of of film, you can't. What well, gets much better than that? Sibicker was like top ten movies of all time, easily. Wow, jeez, that's that's a, see. I actually kind of think that, I'm being dead serious. <laughs> You're being dead serious. Well, wow, jeez. I, I guess I got to put an asterisk next to this. My top three movies of all time, yeah, in, in no particular order, are uh, Point Break, Waterworld, and Baby Geniuses. Oh man, Point Break <laughs> though. No, Point Break is one one hundred percent legit. I had never seen it, and I watched it at some point. Uh, over the last couple of months, and I was just like, wow, this is a lot better, you know what I mean, than people, like, meme about it, meme about it to be. Yeah, because, like, and, and you know, I I like this movie because I do like auteurs and kind of auteurism as a concept, right? Like, in general, I think cool movies get made when you just kind of, like, let people let their freak flag fly to a certain extent. Um, but I also think that you kind of have to, like... I think, um, like, the New Yorker called this vulgar auteurism, where it's like, yeah, like, auteurs are going to be auteurs, but that doesn't mean that they're good. You yeah, know what I mean? No, it's right. like, so, somebody indulging <laughs> in this shit. Michael Bay is one of the biggest of our generation, right? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> like, be, just because they're an auteur doesn't mean that they're, they're good at it, right? They can be interesting, but they also have flaws. Peter Jackson can't cut a frame from his fucking movies, and they're all way too long, right? And there's all these dropped subplots or whatever, Unless right? he's filling in fucking, 48 frames. Yeah, Zack Snyder has no conception for what, like, proper story structure looks like. His just, mind just does not, like, work that way. And Guillermo del Toro apparently just finds the idea that someone wants to have sex with a fish. <laughs> just completely normal, not worth questioning or interrogating any 
any step step of the way and that's okay you know what i mean like we gotta accept the kind of good with the bad i'm glad that i'm glad that this movie got made i want this movie to make money right like this is the kind of movie that people always fight for but wow it really i can't even tell whether or not this movie is good i'm just so consumed <laughs> by this like I, i'm just so surprised by how seriously it takes the idea that she's fucking she's fucking a fish something i want to bring up um not necessarily in terms of plot but in terms of tone um uh this movie i kept thinking i haven't mentioned this to you yet mango but i felt like a uh, amelie the jean uh what's oh my this? god i get that yeah i, I just like from like the intro the scene where it's like you know the narrative speaking and sort of like their whole thing i got that from the tone a lot which i guess to your point about taurus it almost feels like some of that style was taken from that kind of also, the music was very French. Yeah. Uh, in definitely. fact, I felt that this was a very French movie in general. I w I'm almost tempted to say something really snooty, like, oh, uh, Guillermo del Toro is trying to make a movie like in the French New Wave yeah. or something like that. <laughs> but I don't think it's anything that specific. It's just they use a fucking accordion, and that, like, communicates <laughs> French to my mind. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that, that almost is French New Wave in itself, right? <laughs> no, like, like... I, I had that thought. I was like, this 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 feels French. I don't know why, but like maybe, maybe it's just the accordion. Probably that and her hat. Sure, that weird oh, French yeah, hat. Oh yeah, that's getting. right. Yeah, yeah. That that part of it. And uh, a French person would fuck a fish, right? That's pretty much. I mean, if you if you know a French person, right, they would just fuck anything, right? Like that's that's the stereotype that I understand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's right. Like you know, the French are frogs, and that thing was almost a frog. It, it makes sense. <laughs> oh, man. I think we figured it out. Anyway, so that's the shape of water. Go see it, I guess. I don't know. Fuck it. I have no. That's I have why, nothing I else think to that's say. Why I, picked, I think I, I picked. That's why I said bright before I'd say shape of water. Only because like that's a fun movie. You can talk about it. It's weird. You can either be offended by it or like really weirdly love it. Um, yeah, I, I feel like if I went to one of my friends, it's like let's watch this movie, and the first thing is is the main character jacking off, and then she goes and fucks a fish. My friend's gonna look at me and be like, what the fuck are you making me watch? I could just imagine, like, like going to my mom and being like, hey, mom, I just found a great movie. It's called The Shape of Water or whatever, right? Like, Jesus fucking Christ, do I not want to do that? Yeah, no, oh, man. We So, <laughs> we sat down on the couch and watched Bright with, like, our parents, like, barely paying attention. Um, <laughs> if we get to that with The Shape of Water, it would have been a much different movie. <laughs> yeah, we, um... Uh. We, we came back today from watching the movie, and both of our parents were like, oh, how's the film? And, like, you know, just both, it's like, it, it's like The Little Mermaid. We're, we're not going to get into <laughs> it's it. It's like The Little Mermaid. Holy shit. Oh, man. Okay, oh. I need to take a technical difficulties break, uh, but if you guys want to get in the next section, that's fine. I'll be right back. Okay. Cool. So, uh, uh, so something we could talk about, <coughs> excuse me, is uh, we play a lot of PUBG. And you have just gotten PUBG for Christmas because somebody's good at giving gifts. Somebody is good at giving gifts. Um, this year, your, pa your past two video games, you give me a lot of video games. Some, it's, you're either totally on or totally off. I'll never give you a game that was off. I didn't like, um, you, gave me, you gave me one and two. Uh, what is that game called? I wasn't a big fan of it. Uh, the game with Gundams. Uh, speaking of Pacific Rim. Um, what the hell is that game called? Oh, God. Uh, the game with Gun. You f you fly in, and then you call your your check. What do you get the no? We kill enough people. Um, oh, what the hell is that called? Uh, you could like zip line on roofs and stuff. Oh, Titanfall. Titanfall. That's a Titanfall. You got right. Titanfall one and two. Oh. I was like, eh, on those games. But you're the one who got me hooked on Destiny in the first place. Right. That yeah. was a great game. And the only thing that's actually got me off my Destiny kick. Oh, I was just got back on the Destiny two kick. But what got me off the the Born of Osiris kick was PUBG. Yeah. Uh, so, so, uh, uh, what, what is your experience with PUBG been like? Cause we, we, we've been kind of like 
in it for a while and you're just kind of like, you know, it's kind of like week to week. What are your kind of like generalist impressions of it? Well, first off, I'm a huge fan of Battle Royale. It's probably one of the movies I've watched more than anything else in my entire life. Like in high school, we used to go, we used to watch Battle Royale and was it a Rambo Four, Rambo Five, Rambo Four? We we'd always we'd get we get Buffalo Chicken Pizza, watch Battle Royale, eat the pizza, and then watch Rambo or the other way around depending. We'd alternate. Um, I watch that movie like more times than I can count. So when there's a game based off Battle Royale, that's like I'm all for it. Um, so that in itself is intriguing. Um, I think it's really cool. I think like the concept of the huge map. It like it has like that GTA sort of feel of like a a big expansive map that like has different terrains and uh, and whatnot. But um, I keep finding myself playing it over and over because I just want to win. <laughs> I still have yet to get that that tasty chicken dinner, yeah, and I want yeah. it. I want it. Um, but it's fun, you know. I think like I think. I could probably maybe, like, try some cheesy stuff might be more beneficial to, like, get that win, but I'm still just enjoying so much, like, the act of just playing it the way I want to. Yeah. Opposed to, like, and hopefully getting that win along the way, opposed to, like, you know, cheesing it up and getting the the big W. I I definitely feel that. Um, So you're playing on the Xbox, right? I am. Are, are you having, like, the same kind of, like, performance troubles that people are talking about? So, I have, like, a pretty low standard for that kind of stuff, to be honest. So, I started playing, I'm like, oh, okay. this is great. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, whatever. Like, the rendering's not bothering me. Like, the, like, the, it's a little clunky. Like, some of the things that have happened, like, this happened today, actually. I wasn't able to pick up a gun because it was just, like, under a bench. And I was like, okay, well, I'm looking at it. Threw a grenade at it. Did it move? Like, all right, well, I guess I can't get that gun. It was one of the snipers, too, that I really wanted. Um... And then at one point I got I got I um I picked up a I think an ammo and the animation got me stuck underneath like a, a shelf, and I was just stuck, which kind of sucked too. But um you know not the end of the world. But then just before this I was watching Mango play on his computer and I was like holy shit <laughs> this looks so much better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I mean I guess like now I haven't played since I watched Mango play so I might be disappointed going back to it now. Um but you know you know it, it, I just I, I like the game I've been enjoying it a bunch. Yeah, I also feel like it would be a different thing because of controllers versus like mouse and keyboard. So that was pretty. Like I complained before about like how long range the engagements are, and it's because like the precision of mouse and keyboard is just a lot different than. Yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a console gamer like through and through. You know, like I I've played games on, on like PCs and Mac, but I rather have a controller in my hands. It's just like I Play Halo Two is one of the first games I really got into, and like Call of Duty Four, like the FPS has really got me. It's, I, I like and like Mango and I growing up, we used to always play like console games yeah, yeah you know so that's kind of where my roots are and I, I rather and i don't have a pc so that's also part of it but i rather play with the controller um that being said like so it's definitely a game made to play on a computer so like there's some downfalls and i figured more of it out and it being like there's no clear like here's the instructions you know like the controls are hard to find in the submenus and then once you find them it also like everything's not totally straightforward um but watching like mango do inventory stuff in that game it's like I'm a total sucker with the, with the controller. It's just not nearly as smooth as clicking and, and dragging and whatnot. Yeah, no, like one of the most infuriating things because because I watch you play sometimes. First of all, I can like count the frames sometimes, but <laughs> um, like just like you know, watching Greg try and pick up like an item off the ground and like mm-hmm. he'll go into the menu to do it like the way that we do it, where we open the menu. But sometimes that just doesn't work, and if that doesn't work, he has to like exit out, and I like he like like, carefully aims himself and points at the gun and, like, adjusts himself, like, a couple pixels at a time and then picks up the gun. It takes, like, ten seconds to, like, pick up the gun. He's like, ah! Ah! He's <laughs> <laughs> me faster. I've got, I've figured out a little bit more the more I've played. The thing is, too, is, like, in the menu, if you, it's, like, if you hit A on an item, you can, like, it should just equip to your gun and that just doesn't work. 
Um, so if you hit A, then the whole thing goes to shit. Uh, so if you hit B, then X, it sometimes will work. Otherwise, you gotta X out of the menu completely and start over again. So like now that I'm like I've played more, um, put some more time behind it, I, I can now efficiently loot up to maybe up to mango standards. I don't know, <laughs> but I've, I've definitely gotten better at it. Can, can you not take the attachments off one at a time either? Nope, you gotta do all at once. That's the other bummer. That's what I meant too. Like even like. Like, oh, man, I put the red dot on the wrong gun. Like, I went on my pistol opposed to, like, my, like, assault rifle or whatever. You got to take everything off and then reassign it. Which, you know, in, in a game where time is really important, it yeah. just eats up a lot of it. Yeah. Um, man. Uh, but uh, uh, you've only been playing solo so far, right? Yeah, I don't have any friends. I don't play video yeah, games see, with friends, unfortunately. Team, team is where that game's at for me. Yeah. I really enjoy, like, the team interplay of it. Yeah. Uh, and it also, like, lets you play differently, right? Like, we were talking about, like, Greg's like, yeah, I just, like, use all my healing on his media, and that makes sense in single player, right? Like, you, you, you're better off being at full health because there's no chance to recover, whereas when you're playing with a team, if someone can pick you up, it's maybe worth holding on to that. And watching you play, like, I was watching you play duos before, it's, like, the mentality of, like, okay, like, hey, you drive all, like, this, or, like, you set the waypoint, like, or, like, you know, divide and conquer, you get these buildings, I'll get these buildings, you guys watch those backs, you can, like, give each other gear, like, you were saying to, like, you're playing with Monik before, like, yeah. here, like, you're a better shot, take the scope, like, take the four-time yeah, yeah. scope, which seems a lot, like, make a lot more sense, and you basically get, you're double-dipping on everything, right, where me, it's like, oh, man, I hope I get the scope I want, like, oh, shit, I gotta go back for that scope I wanted, or, you know, whatever, yeah. what have you in the singles. Uh, but, yeah, and uh, you're stuck playing third person, which I know you don't like, because um, there's no first-person option on the Xbox. Yeah, yeah I right? mean, I don't... Oh, I've, no way. I've, yeah. I've now figured out, though, now that I've I've beaten out of my brain to not hold down the left trigger. Um, so, like, in the in on the Xbox, it's tap the left trigger to get into the sight zoom. Um, mm. And if you hold it, it's, it, it, it does not like that. It does weird things. So, yeah, um, I've, I have always found that. It's the same way on PC where you have to tap or hold sort of thing. Yeah. I've always found that a little bit clunky, to be honest. Yeah, yeah the, the hold's like a, like a, like a improved shoulder aim, which is weird. Like, um, I like that for shotguns, right? Like, I never yeah. want to go down iron sights for a shotgun, right? Um, but it just feels, I don't know, it just feels weird to it, me. You should do, it should be switched. Like, it should be tapped for that improved hip fire, right? Because, like, you're more times than not, I would assume, looking down sights. At least the way I play. Yeah, I don't know. I've, yeah. I've, gotten, I've gotten so used to it at this point that, like, it doesn't... Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I mean, I was coming right off Destiny being like, why is it not working? Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Plus, I, to I hold this down. Um, like, my first game back from Destiny and PUBG was definitely, like, wait, you mean I can't, like, jump 360 and, like, shoot someone with, like, great aim assist? <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah. Um, uh, speak, speaking of which, uh, how do you feel about Destiny, Greg? So, um, I guess my Destiny history here. So, Mango gave me Destiny for Christmas three years ago? Yeah, I guess. Probably, right? Um, I guess it was right when the, the Taken King came out, right after Taken King? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm not a year one player. I'm a year whatever, two, 1.5, whatever, Taken King. And I, gotcha. I absolutely love the Taken King. That's like, that was the first time in a long time a, a game like grabbed me and I just wanted to like play. And, and mm. my work gets slow over the winter and he gave it to me for Christmas. So I was like, great. Now I can just like sit in this like Taken King hall and not talk to any of my friends and raid, 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 raid. And that's what I did. And it's also... Um, I get. I I only play alone for the most part because most of my friends don't play video games or have Xboxes or, or they, they just don't. I just don't play with them for whatever reason. Um, so I just did pickup groups, which is pretty infuriating most of the time. Uh, but also great because there's no true commitment. But anyway, to, to stop rambling about Destiny, I really liked Taken King. wasn't huge on a Rise of Iron. Enjoyed it, but like I got very quickly to the max light. And once I hit max light, I'm a, I'm a, 
I don't need to get every little achievement. I'm not, I don't care that much. Um, and Destiny 2, originally, I skyrocketed up to whatever it was, like 205 pretty quick. Um, or 305, right? Yeah, yeah. 305. 305. Um, and I was like, okay, done this game. You know, did it with two characters. And I was like, all right, I don't have to level the third. I don't, I don't care that much. And then now Born of Osiris, I get to, to grind a little bit, which is nice. I like the, the bit of grind. It gives you a little bit more activities. And it's fun. I like the raid. Um, I haven't done the Year of Worlds raid yet. Because I haven't just put the time into yeah, ne- it. Neither have I. It's kind of fall- personally, I've just fallen off of Destiny uh, 2 for the most part. Um, the, from what I, from, I listened to your guys' Destiny podcast, whenever you guys did that, um, and I, it seemed like I was more into the rating than you guys were, just because, like, I don't know, I thought it was really cool. I thought, like, the way they set it up was cool, and, I, you know, I know you guys yeah. hate the platforming, but... Yeah, uh, oh, God, the fucking <laughs> platforming. No, yeah, I, 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 got, I fell off Destiny 2 very hard. Destiny 2 just made me want to play WoW, to be honest. Because <laughs> the more I played it, the more I was like, God, man, I really love WoW. Yeah, I mean, I, I swore off WoW, like, a while ago, so that, that might be part of it. Destiny 2 gave me, or Destiny in general gave me my, like, desire to shoot things with, like, the... It, it, it itches that, that like co-op team race yeah, thing see, as well. I'm also like when I like I like I like FPSs um but I like PvE FPSs to be a little bit more short, short and bursty if that makes sense. Um one of the things that I don't like about Destiny 2 from a PvE perspective um like for instance so Payday is the one that I is the that I like to play a lot. Um the Payday doesn't test your ability to to like aim or you know what I mean? Like it's not. It's it's a little bit less about the shooting, like second to second mechanics, and the and more about the minute to minute, right? Like it's more about managing your ammo, right? Or playing the map, right? A little bit more like Overwatch is also mm-hmm. kind of like kind of like this. Destiny always just felt like too into its own gun mechanics, which are very good, right? Like I, like I'm not, I'm not trying to shit on that or whatever, but that's like a little bit less my jam than like, you know, I don't know. If, if Destiny had more things that were objective-oriented, I feel like I would be a little bit more on board with it, probably. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I, I, I can't do the thing where I'm watching something on the other screen and playing Destiny. <laughs> uh, I really wanted that to be the case, but Destiny isn't something you can look away from in the yeah. same way that, like, World of Warcraft you can or whatever. Just, Matt, roll your face on the keyboard while watching something on the second screen. Uh... Uh, yeah, um... Can I go back to this fucking Pacific Rim? Go for it. <laughs> for a second. Really, like, top ten movies wait, wait, can we, can of we just, all time. Wait, hold on, we gotta stop first, because I said my top three movies of all time were, were um, uh, Point Break, Waterworld, and Baby Geniuses, and out of those three, the only thing you mentioned about were Point Break. The other two don't rally <laughs> you at all. I've never seen, I've never seen Waterworld never or seen Baby Waterworld. Geniuses. Well, and I'm also the guy who my favorite film last year was Batman vs. Superman, right? Like, so I'm really not in a place to, like, get on somebody <laughs> for, like, liking, you know, kind of. So I went to film school and everyone get all on their high horse about, like, oh, like, Requiem for Dreaming. Oh, yeah, I did. I know that shit. Dude. Yeah, so, like, I just, like, those are not my three favorite movies. Just, just gonna throw that out there. But that was one of the things I would always say in school to get people worked up. Um, one of my oldest friends, him and I, have been, uh, he started the Waterworld kick, but we've been on a Waterworld kick for years now, which is a lot of funny things about Waterworld. Jack Black's in the movie. Most people don't know that. Is um, he really? He has a cameo. He's in a plane for like eight seconds. He's, he's um, also in um in the, what is it, the uh, Sylvester Stallone Future Cop movie uh, uh, with the three th- seashells and the Taco Bell. Oh, uh, not Running Man. 
Uh, Demolition Man. Demolition oh. Man, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, 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 yeah, I see. I, th- this is probably why I learned that my favorite film, that my favorite movie was Seven Samurai so long ago, was because in film school I had that exact kind of thing. Every time I sat down in a film school class, the very first thing we would do is we would introduce ourselves and we would name our favorite movie. Yeah. And if I said fucking, I don't know. What would have been my favorite movie around those times? You just you get to judge everyone immediately. Yeah, like if I had said like The Dark Knight, everybody would have rolled their eyes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, you, you would have one guy like maybe clap in the back or like yeah, yeah, this guy. But the rest of the people would have been like, oh, that's not. That's like not if a anybody said collection. like most people said stuff from the seventies, yeah. you know, it would be like because oh, they're interesting. The, you know, Jaws or I don't know, maybe so, like E. T. You go into that but, class and you mentioned Baby Geniuses or Waterworld. Everybody shuts the fuck up. Like, oh man, how do we follow that? <laughs> He's either really uh, smart or really dumb. Yeah, I had a couple of film school classes that were also like hyper, like professors that were like hyper lead. Like I had one professor who refused. She thought all television was awful after like 2003 or something. And I was like, you've never seen Arrested Development, right? Such like, a bold breaking statement. Battery. She's like, I've seen all these films. I've seen all these shows. They're all worse than Frasier. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, that's where you draw the line? <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for like the wire or something. No, Frasier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. She actually thought she like that was another one of her things. She was like, "Yeah, like the wire is overrated. Oz was better." And I was like, "Wow, like fucking these are some hot takes." So I haven't seen the wire <laughs> specifically because everyone or in film school specifically, a few friends were just like, "It's the greatest." Like, like every time I get into a debate about television, they, it'd come back to like. Oh well, you don't know anything because you haven't watched The Wire. That's the greatest thing ever made. <laughs> like your point, your argument doesn't count. Like you, your 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 opinions are invalid because you haven't watched The Wire. And now I can't watch The Wire because if it's not the greatest thing ever made, I will never respect these people again. So <laughs> I've avoided for for the time being that. I don't have like I don't know six hundred hours to dedicate to a TV show right now. Yeah, um, I've watched The Wire. I've watched The Wire twice. The Wire is is very legit. I don't know if I would think that. It's also tough because it's like a bit of um. Uh, like it's a little bit of like sign like Seinfeld is unfunny sort of thing because yeah, I feel like at the time it was so revolutionary, but yeah. like now we get we have stuff like Breaking spoiled, Bad, yeah. right? Better Call Saul, fucking. It's also know, a slow burn too because I watched right, the first like two and a half seasons and like I thought it was good, but I wasn't like floored, you know, like. But again, everyone keeps telling me like you know so long. Man, dude, that know. fourth yeah the fourth season is just like the biggest gut punch. That I, the the show is very good. I, I definitely I I don't know that I would call it like the best TV show of yeah. all time though. So, point, Seinfeld gets very good in the fourth season as well, and uh, Seinfeld still is funny. I will fight anybody who says otherwise. <laughs> um, um, but back to Pacific Rim, uh, I I think it's, uh, you know, that might be a stretch of top ten, but it's definitely up there. I think there's no better movie to sit down with somebody with, like, a case of beer and just to, like, get really excited over. Like, there's very... Okay, so so uh, so have you seen the trailer for the next one that comes out like, in a couple of months? Like, in February or something? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get a case of beer and yell through that movie as well. In the okay, theater? Or are you going to just... I, so, well, because that, I used you know, to so, say that. So, I went with Steve, my old roommate. We went to see Jurassic Park 3D in Massachusetts at the 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 Reading... Uh, what is it? The Reading Theater. Um, the furniture store owns a theater there with, like, Tempur-Pedic seats. It's great. We brought a case wow. of... We pre-gamed, we tailgated it, and then brought the beer to the theater. <laughs> and we yelled through that whole movie. That was great. Yeah, because... So, Pacific Room is being directed by... Um, uh, a TV director, right? Yeah. He's never done anything else. Besides, mm-hmm. Like he, he's done uh, some Daredevil episodes from the TV series, um, 
and he's done uh, uh, some like episodes like Angel and Smallville and stuff like that, right? Like he's a writer and he's kind of a producer. His name is Stephen DeKnight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to say, watching the Pacific Rim two trailer, I'm a little bit like this film is clearly going to be trashier than Pacific Rib one, which I think will make it better. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> because yeah, yeah. The, the <laughs> <laughs> because I think the the headlining thing of, of Pacific Rim, obviously, right, like is the robots fighting fucking big ass monsters and shit, right? Really? No, and, the, the headlining thing of Pacific Rim is Charlie Kelly. As a scientist, that's like the okay. most important part of the movie. So, but but so the thing is, is like, uh, but but I think because Guillermo del Toro is a good filmmaker and he cares a lot about these characters and he gives you backstory, you know what I mean? He gives you backstory and context and themes and shit like that, and there's stakes and all this other kind of stuff. The, all of that stuff kind of eats into like the time that could be spent in monster fights yeah you know what i mean and i feel like because pacific rim 2 seems to just be like all right listen all that like cool shit that was going on in pacific rim 1 we're not really gonna worry too much about that there's gonna be robots fighting robots and then the robots are gonna fight some monsters right buckle up fucker it'll be like the the pacific rim or like you know the the gundam monster alien version of like snakes on a plane here's 10 yeah, minutes yeah. of plot and then here's the rest of the movie of a snake on a plane you know like <laughs> the world's at stake great let's watch them fight for so, 60 minutes so i just got this vision in my head that if if instead of shape of water Guillermo de toro had done pacific rim 2 He's just one of the robots fucking one of the kaiju <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Wow. We won't defeat them with weapons, we will defeat them with love. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, Pacific Rim 2, I'm, I'm excited for too. I actually kind of want to go back and rewatch um, Hellboy and Hellboy 2 Golden Army, because I really like those movies and when I saw them, but it's been like... Yeah, it has been a while. Like, I don't know how well they would hold up. I remember loving the original Hellboy, though. Yeah. I went fucking bananas for that. I also want to go back to see how close Abe Sapien looks to the, the, the fish monster. <laughs> you know what it is, too? When Hellboy came out, like, we weren't burnt out. Like, I mean, I'm personally burnt out on superhero movies. Yeah, that's fair. You know, like, at this point, like, Hellboy was, like, one of the... What year did that come out? Like, 2000-something, right? Like, early 2000s? Like, yeah. You know, like, that was still like, oh, wow, like, superheroes. Like, this is a new superhero. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, this I is feel different. Like, it's gritty. I feel like he's different enough, Hellboy himself, to, yeah. like... Like I also want to go back and rewatch Blake because I only ever saw that movie in like pieces on television, because um, uh, it's similarly kind of like a, a very different type of superhero that I think would would work would still hold up uh, later. That's where he got his start. Guillermo del Toro did Blade Two. Did he really? That's, yeah, that's why that's why everybody fucking loves him because huh. he did Blade Two and it was very good. Well, and then and then he started you know doing and then he did Pan's Labyrinth, which I guess was just kind of like. So he kind of did this like this like low level rated R blockbuster, and then he did like an art house film, and then he did, you know, Hellboy one and two. So he just like gathered up all of like the the you know, uh, like the fanboys, I guess, over <laughs> over that kind of thing. Yeah. Now now he's a model in a Hideo Kojima game, which uh, that'll be something. Yeah, I'm actually interested to go back in and to, and to see. Because I remember at the time, Hellboy felt very different. But I have a feeling that if I went back now, it would feel very the same. You know what I mean? It would be it would be a much more um, uh, kind of like by the numbers. That might be of. like, you know, to again, haven't seen it for a while. But I, that might be kind of like the Seinfeld's not funny sort of point, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like you might have pioneered it. I mean, both, people both. say this shit about the first two Spider-Man, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, and it drives me insane. Spider-Man 2 is, like, a masterpiece, and anybody who fails to who fails to see the beauty within, like, just destroys me. Buddy, how do you feel about Spider-Man 3? 
<laughs> oh, I actually think Spider-Man 3 is better than people give it credit for. B specifically because, you know, there there's that montage in the middle that everybody laughs at, right? Where he you know dances. What I mean? Yeah, where he, like, dances and shit. People think that that's, like, the room. Where it's, like, the movie thinks that he's being cool, but is, like, so hokey and, you know... And Sam Raimi's so out of touch that he has no idea what cool is. But that's but they're, they're misunderstanding. The point of that scene is that Peter Parker thinks that he's cool, but he's not. You know what I mean? Like, it is cringeworthy on purpose, which I think people miss. Um, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll have to go back and watch that because um, I saw Sam Raimi's uh, Drag Me to Hell. Um, and I have never laughed so hard in a movie in a theater. Um <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was I thought it was great for that reason. Then people told me later that that was on purpose that I didn't believe them. So yeah, like th th that's the that's the thing about uh, Spider Man Three. And I don't want to I don't want to sugarcoat it. Spider Man Three is still bad, right? It's just not as bad as people say it is. Mostly because they misinterpret this one this one moment. There's actually some really great stuff in there, like the whole birthing sequence of Sandman or whatever. That's like some. That it's that's it's just like great filmmaking, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, uh, but it just gets muddled down with all this other bullshit. Well, that's the story, right? Like he wanted to do the Sandman, yeah, uh, storyline, and they made him do Venom, Venom. which uh, is awful. Yeah. Which also, you can clearly tell Venom that like Mary, uh, who what was the name? Kirsten Dunst was like not good. You know what I mean? She didn't care. Yeah. Uh, and wasn't and wasn't really trying. I don't know. Greg's right. Yeah. There, there is a standalone Venom movie coming out next year, right? Yeah, yeah dude, Tom Hardy. Yeah. Uh, it's actually got like kind of a baller cast. It's like Tom Hardy, Riz Ahmed, um, Michelle Williams, um, of, like the, a ton of people that I never would have expected to accept a Venom movie. I also have no idea what the fuck they're going to do with Venom because I really just don't think he's a very interesting character on, on his own. Totally. Yeah, I was going to say, but, you're yeah. the comics expert. It has to be devoid of Spider-Man. Uh, it, it does have to be devoid of Spider-Man. Uh, word on the street is that they're going to do Carnage. Um, are, are, the, are, are those like, uh, what, what are they, what's the name for them? The, the, the symbiotes. The symbiotes, yeah. They're like dueling symbiotes. I mean, so but the thing like with seven Venom, of them, right? Yeah, there's a whole bunch. Of the, they have an offspring that's called um, Toxin, I want to say. They all um, have like dumb names. Yeah, they all have like dumb names. Uh, but, um, but so the thing about Venom is that like Eddie Brock like is, he's kind of like... You know how, uh, what's a good example of this? Do you guys know Hush, the Batman villain Hush? No, no. not at all. Uh, okay, uh, it's a little bit like Bizarro, but like Bizarro is kind of a bad example of this. Um, Venom is just kind of like the Bizarro Spider-Man in both the sense that like Eddie Brock is like Peter Parker, but like not, but like bad, right? And Venom is like Spider-Man, but bad. He has all the Spider-Man powers, right? Like obviously Spider-Man was running around in the black suit for six years. So like all of the stuff that Venom can do, Spider-Man can also kind of do. And Sp and Venom is also kind of an anti-hero, right? Like Venom thinks of himself um, specifically, like Eddie Brock thinks of himself as, uh, as, a, as a superhero. And he thinks Spider-Man is kind of like getting in his way and trying to steal his glory. And it's the same thing with, because Eddie Brock is a photographer, right? And he's trying to make it big as a photographer, but but Peter Parker is better, and he feels like Peter Parker is undermining him, you know what I mean? He has this, like, whole entitlement sort of thing. Um, so he's not, like, really a villain in the same way that, you know, like, he's he, he is a villain, but, like, he's a villain with principles, right? He's kind of like, you know, like Magneto or somebody along those kinds of lines. Um, Carnage is just, like, he has a symbiote. Um, the symbiote's, like, baseline desire to murder and consume 
Carnage is a lot more um, like fluid because he is bonded more closely because he bonds with this guy named Cletus Cassidy, who's just like a fucking serial rapist murderer or whatever in jail. And he's a completely reprehensible human being that has no redeemable qualities uh, like whatsoever. So I kind of have a feeling that it'll be a little bit of like this, like anti-hero versus like, you know, super morally bleak villain kind of movie, I guess. Um, but I just don't know what they're going to do with it because Eddie Brock is only interesting in the context of Peter Parker. You know what I mean? He's only a cool character because Peter Parker is there to be, you know, like they are such clear foils, like mirrors of one another. Right. Um, it is possible. So the other thing is that because the symbiote is the symbiote, like Eddie Brock died and then the symbiote went to a couple of different people. Um, I think the symbiote now is on, uh, Flash Thompson. Um, after Flash Thompson lost his legs in Iraq, true story. Um, it's not he, a true story. There's no real tr- Flash Thompson. That's true. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> that's the thing that happened in the comics. Uh, he got the symbiont, and then he he was working as, like, um, uh, it's like a, like a super soldier kind of thing for, like, the U.S. government for a while. Um, you know, Mac Gargan, who is the original Scorpion, got the, got the symbiote suit and was working for Norman Osborn. There's a lot of history to, to the Venom stuff. I am interested to see what they're going to do with it. I really have no fucking clue. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Um. So, Greg, while we have you on the podcast, what are your, like... Next next week or maybe the week after, we're gonna end up doing the derpies, right? Which is our like end of the year stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, what are your favorite things of this year? Oh, in any, you know, just like um, lightning round. Uh, I really oh, wait. Hmm. Stand by. Let me think. I keep, see the, like I keep getting this question, and I always like because of work is so blurred. I'm gonna start. I was about to start rattling off movies. I'm like, nope, that was last year. That was last year. That was last year. Um, what have I seen this year that's been really good? Did you enjoy 2049? Later? Oh, I like, yeah, Blade Runner was awesome. I, I enjoyed that. Um, I can tell you about, like, movies I didn't like that I saw. Um, okay, yeah, what, what's your worst movie for this well, year? I just watched uh, Ingrid Goes West or Ingrid Goes West. Did not like that film. Thought that film was not so hot. Um, okay. I watched uh, um, Cell Block, uh, Fight in Cell Block 99 or whatever, um, which is uh-huh. the director who did Bone Tomahawk, and I love Bone Tomahawk. Um, and that director is awesome, and I think his style is really interesting. I just and I just didn't think his style should be in a prison movie. Um, that had Vince Vaughn in it, right? Yeah, it had Vince Vaughn. My yeah, friend okay. did um, did props on it, so I was was like, oh yeah, I don't know, maybe I should watch this. And I love that director. And I watched it. I was like, no, no, <laughs> not in a, like his style is very like over the top. It's, it's <laughs> great in Bone Tomahawk. It, it's not so great in in. Um, uh, um, so man, of the movies that what, what are the movies that we covered this year? We covered like all the comic book movies. Oh. Dunkirk. So. I thought Dunkirk was like okay. So, like I, I went and saw it in seventy. Did that whole thing and like it's like you know, I thought it had its moments. I thought like what they did technically was awesome. Like you know, flying mm. an IMAX camera on a camera is, or on a plane is insane. Like that's just like some real real shit right there. Um, and like I thought it was very beautiful and like a lot of like good imagery. But it's like you know, a movie you have to survive through and. I, I, it's not my, my jam. Like, it's not really, it is a war movie, but it's also like, you have to survive with the character and, yeah. you know, uh, the time thing I thought was cool with all the, like the, the ticking stuff, but like, I don't know. It's not like my favorite. I, I liked it. I don't know if I'd go rushing back to see it. Um, what else have I watched? Uh, Baby Driver was awesome. That was an awesome movie. Um, 
Oof. I mean, yeah, I was a little bit lukewarm on Baby Driver, but Mango really. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed. There is, I so I watched it um, on a plane, which I know sounds like it's the worst way to watch a film, and like I usually don't want to do that. But I listened to it in headphones, um, which I'm sure a lot of people didn't watch that movie with headphones. And the amount of stuff I picked up in the sound, and like in the mix, I never would have picked up on just watching. Like they'll do things like when he pulls out his headphones, it'll stay in one ear, not the other, and there's like. Uh, very minimal. Um, when there's no sound, you hear the buzzing that he hears. There's a lot of things that I, that was like in the mix. I was like, whoa! Like I never would have gotten that without headphones. Um, and I thought it was a fun film. Um, what else did I've seen this year? You see Kingsman? No, I didn't. Okay. Did you see John Wick two? That was. I didn't see John Wick one yet. So yeah, I've been telling oh, okay. you. Yeah, that. I'm probably gonna watch uh, that. Like, this what week. about? Did you see Get Out? Uh, Get Out was great. Um, a lot of people talking. I about thought it was it. fun. I thought it was a good movie. I didn't like love it the way that people love it. Um, mm. It what was it? It was the most profitable movie of 2017. Something just beat mm. it out. I think it's the most profitable because he made it on like a budget of like five dollars. I mean, yeah, it was a, it's it was a Blumhouse mil. movie. Blumhouse does that where they make super cheap. Blumhouse has made just as much profit this year as Disney has. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, because even though their movies gross a whole lot less, their budgets are so much smaller that like yeah, profit the differential right? is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, is like insane or whatever. Like, what else? What else have I? What else? Uh, keep naming. I'm good at this. Keep naming movies. And I'll tell you if I see it or not. Wonder Woman, uh, Kong Skull Island. Uh, I started to watch boy. that. My friend told me that was a great movie, and I was like, "Well, Kong just Skull just Island." Off. Yeah, I was like, "Judge like off your movie taste." This might be. Actually, uh, you, to be to be honest with you, I, I this this could be a very hard year for me to like straight up pick a favorite. Like last year, it was so obvious Batman vs Superman. The year before that, um, you know what I mean? Like, but like this year, it, it's a really big toss up between Star Wars, Wonder Woman. Blade Runner and Kong Skull Island. <laughs> I just watched it. Oh, uh, God, oh, shit, you know else? what? Know what I watched? That I really liked. Um, uh, good time. My buddy, my oh, good time. Yeah, one yeah, of my yeah. my oldest friends um, in the film industry that I've worked with like forever. Um, gaffed that, and my other friend keyed it, and they called me to work on it for a few days, and I unfortunately didn't get the chance to. Um, but that movie, I, I really dug that. I went to go see it because again, my my buddy worked on it, and. Um, you know, I, I love what yeah, he Yeah, what does. the fuck is what the fuck is with Robert Pattinson and being like good? Yeah, I, right. I didn't know Robert Pattinson outside of the the Twilight movies for like forever, and then I started seeing him in just like shit like like indie movies popping up here and there. Like I just watched The Last City of Z, which he was in it, and he was great, and he had this huge ass beard, and I was just like, God, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Same thing with Kirsten Stewart or Kristen Stewart. I can't remember which one. Uh, yeah, good times ever. We're checking out if you haven't seen it. It's, re- it's a really good New York gritty look at things, and it's like a little bit of like a, a chase movie. Oh, there's, there's a lot of good stuff going on in there. And a lot of great filmmakers, too. Um, that's always good to like watch. Like, oh, Patty Cake. That was another great movie. Do you see Patty Cake? Um, I do not know Patty Cake. Patty Cake's uh, another. It's, uh, it's actually it was shot in Jersey. Um, it's like a, it's like a coming of age tale, but like with like a hip hop vibe to it. It's kind of like, it okay. might seem like it's oh, kind of corny, I but it's really good. Oh, I do know really this movie good. actually. Yeah, yeah, it's the I big white chick movie. who raps. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh that, that hits some real emotional, like it, like it's got some great moments in it and I, I really like that movie. That movie's good. Man, there's another movie that, uh, that came out that was about, uh, it was about, you know, like it's about this dude, um, who's like an Eng- like he's like a poetry major or whatever, but he starts like entering himself into like rap battles and just like schooling on people with like really like hardcore Shakespeare. Oh, um, like, uh, eight mile. Shit. God, no. What, <laughs> oh man. It, no, no, no. I mean, oh, man, no, it's something. I can't remember what it is. This what, or what it's called. 
Whatever. Um, the, uh, so, uh, so, yeah, I guess we're... Bodied! Fuck, that's what it's called. It's called Bodied. Um, uh, anyway, that's... I think that's our episode. That's our episode, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I gotta go to work. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to email us about anything we've talked about today, including Shape of Water, Bright, uh, Fish Fucking, anything you want, email us at podcast at subdurbsplaygames.com. Waterworld. Waterworld as well. That's yeah. Uh, gmail.com. You can watch the twitch.tv slash subdurbsplaygames. Uh, you can contact us on Twitter, on SoundCloud, on iTunes. Leave us reviews. We love it all. Um, Greg, do you have anywhere that you want them to find your or anything you want them to check out? Yeah, if anybody who listens to this podcast needs a cinematographer, gregtango.com. Uh, also, Instagram, Greg Tango. You can see my pictures of fish and, and cinematography stuff. It's mostly just fish and cinematography. Uh, occasional dogs, that kind of thing. I feel like you could make like a, like a YouTube series off of that. It's like you fishing while you talk about cinematography in movies. <laughs> It's not a bad idea. <laughs> um, Are we gonna do another Oscar bait episode? We should do an Oscar bait episode and have both Warren and Greg on. Yeah, I was I was like talking our, about our that. cinematographer buddies. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll we'll figure that out. Um, yeah, but we'll uh, talk about Waterworld the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm pretty sure we're out of time. Uh, uh, in that case, uh, uh, buddy, do you have anything else you wanted to promote? I have nothing else I'm looking to promote. In that case, until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners. <laughs>